Hey there, Mark Springer here. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Avatar Nutrition and your host for the Avatar On Air podcast. Each episode, we aim to deliver valuable insight that'll help you progress more effectively and confidently in your own health and fitness journey. Today, we're gonna be talking about something that is sure to happen to you at some point or another, setbacks. Setbacks come in all shapes and sizes, but the one thing that they have in common is that they disrupt your progress and can be very demoralizing in the short term. So instead of letting setbacks rewrite the story of your life, we're going to share a few personal stories that each hold their own lesson as to how you can pull a life judo style move and spin a setback into something positive. Let's get it started. They say when one door closes, another one opens. What do I mean by this? Well, we're going to have to talk a little bit about a dream dying first to really understand it. So coming out of high school, I was 128 pounds, very skinny kid, pretty good distance runner. Um, I got to the point where I was running a mile in about 458. My 5Ks were 17, 18. So I was just a Forrest Gump style running fool. But I wanted to do something different. What I really wanted to do was redeem myself from some of the failures of middle school during my old Drew Carey days. I couldn't tackle somebody to save my life. And I remember going out with my buddy Tyler um, to look at, at the guys practicing at Northwestern State. We're an FCS school, D1, so the, the school that your big guys like LSU and all them pay to beat up once a year. But anyway, we're out there in the stadium. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I was like, I bet I could do this. I want to give it another shot because I learned the value of time, consistency, effort, and process in becoming a distance runner. I was like, you know what? I want to try to do this football thing again, except with no experience in high school, just go sh straight to the college level. So I made that the goal and talked to the school's um, walk-on coordinator, went through the NCAA clearinghouse, did everything that was necessary to actually walk on. So started training with the other perspective walk-ons early in the morning. And then me and my buddies who were going to try to walk on with me would go to our school gym at night and do these bodybuilding style workouts and in between classes and smashing everything inside of the cafeteria. Um, ended up getting to the point where when team tryouts came the next summer, successfully walked on, went from 128 to 198 pounds. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. And I just love, love, love being a part of that team and having that structure in my life and it was just, it was the best thing ever. I mean, everything was so organized. Um, after classes, I would go to practice. And then after practice, it was film session. And you'd be, we'd be getting ready and like watching film at like Texas Tech. So that was back when Crabtree and Graham Harrell and all those guys were there. But it was, it was just so neat getting prepared for that. Um, and it all ended. And it ended very abruptly. So... Going through high school and into early college, I had a really bad underbite. And so that means that my lower jaw, it's kind of like a bulldog jaw, would protrude forward in front of my upper one, and that needed to get fixed. And it was supposed to be a relatively simple outpatient procedure to fix it, but uh, from all my special team stuff that I was doing, just running full speed down the field and smacking into people trying to break the wedge, it turns out that I had a bunch of stress fractures in my upper jaw. So the bone quality was just too low for them to properly work with. And they ended up having to replace most of my upper jaw. And that was my sophomore year going into junior year of college. And that was done in the summer. And I didn't know that that was going to be the end of it for me. And I remember getting out of surgery, you know, felt like 
a Mack truck had run over my head because everything was just swollen up. I looked like a deep sea creature. The swelling was so bad. But I kept thinking to myself, you know what? Uh, I, I'm going to come back and I'm working my way up the depth chart. I'm going to continue living this dream. And they didn't tell me right away that, no, you're not going to play football anymore. So I remember sneaking out of bed and trying to do push-ups and sit-ups and the pressure in my head, it was it just felt like it was all going to explode. But eventually, word got back around to me that, hey, you're now considered a little bit of an insurance liability and we're not going to let you walk back on because the risk of re-injury is too high and the school would be liable. So that was devastating news to hear and at the time it really sent me into a very dark spiral and I was I was depressed and I'm laid up in bed broken jaw jaws wired shut can't eat anything I dropped down from about 215 to 168 pounds so all this work that had been done all these gains that had been made were just starting to kind of slip away and I remember when I finally got clear to work out again, I'd really fallen in love with the process of, of exercising and just working out and looking at what you're, where you're at now and trying to get a little bit better the next time you do something. I was like, well, I guess I'll try to lift some weights again. Trying to squat, everything just felt so much heavier. And it was very, very much a, a difficult experience mentally to kind of get through it. But, um, what ended up happening was a friend of mine who was in the Louisiana Scholars College, which is a little honors college and school that I was in, recommended me to say, hey, you should maybe go try to play rugby. There's a, there's a club up in Shreveport, Louisiana, so why don't you go give that a shot? And at the time, I was like, well, I was, I was trying to find some kind of organized sport to throw myself into, so I ended up walking on to the, the track team at Northwestern and um, was going to learn how to do the decathlon. And that was, that was a lot of fun, just learning all these different events. Uh, I got to learn how to pole vault and um, run the 110 hurdles and, and do all these other things. I mean, I wasn't necessarily awesome at any of it, but um, one thing that I noticed was even with all that weight that was lost, the strength came back and it was at a lighter body weight. So I ended up being pretty fast. Um, but when the, the door of football closed down, it could have been the setback that stopped fitness for me. But instead of dwelling on that uh, I was lucky enough to have the presence of mind at the time to really think about other things that that I could try out and other other experiences I could have in life and that ended up creating just this love affair with rugby that's lasted to this present day and it's just an amazing sport to play and if you've ever had the slightest inkling try to find a local club and and just show up practices are always on Tuesdays and Thursdays it doesn't matter where you are in the world it's Tuesday and Thursday. Like the rugby schedule is universal. Um, but aside from pitching rugby, um, yeah, I also found powerlifting and just all these other things in fitness that I probably would have never really touched if football had been the be all end all. But that's just a really important point to consider is that a lot of times you're going to have something happen in your life where there's a dramatic change, but don't allow that to become the end of what you're doing because trust me anytime a door closes there's going to be another one that opens up and it's really just up to you to walk through it so the next point that I want to bring up is that life really is a precious and fragile gift and it's up to us to make the most of it this lesson is going to be about as real as it gets and it hits me like a hammer uh, when I learned it firsthand 
but it's got to be one of the most important ones out there. And it all started back in early 2016 when I kept getting calls from this thing called the National Donor Registry. And so I kept getting these calls from a registry and I was thinking to myself, oh, um, I guess one of my friends getting married, but I kept like ducking the call cause I knew I didn't have any, I was just broke at the time. <laughs> this is early days of avatar and things weren't really off the ground. Um, but one day I just picked up the phone and it turns out that the registry was for bone marrow donation and one in 11 million were the odds of me ever matching somebody. But it turns out that there was somebody who had leukemia who needed a bone marrow donation and back in football, they took cheek swabs of us when they were doing a blood drive and, and send it off to the registry. And I just so happened to be the guy who matched somebody. And that was just a really neat experience because when it comes to blood cancers, the most effective forms of treatment are plate blood cell, which is where they'll give you a drug that pulls the plate blood cells out of your, um, out of your blood. And then they'll basically hook you up to a machine that pumps your blood into a thing and puts it back in you and extracts, um, the, the bone marrow, um, through your blood. It's, it's kind of neat, but it had too many concussions to do that. So they had to go old school with me and do the actual, um, drill into the hips form of getting the bone marrow out. So I went to cook children's hospital in Fort Worth, Texas, really neat place. Um, well, one thing that was super cool about cook, was it was under construction when I went there because it's a huge place, but all the people who were on the construction crews were dressed up like superheroes. So you'd have Spider-Man in the elevator shaft welding or Captain America pushing a thing full of drywall down the hallway. So it was, it was just super neat seeing that. Um, and how cool is that to be given the chance to potentially save somebody's life? So I was all about it and go to the hospital they put me under, um, they go through the surgery, they take about a quarter of marrow out of my hips, and I wake up and, you know, <laughs> am predictably sore after having that extracted. Um, but it was cool. Like, you know, it was, it was an opportunity to save somebody's life, and um, those don't come around very often. And a lot of times we have this storybook view of life and how we expect things to be, and they don't always turn out that way. Um, that surgery was June 3rd, 2016 and right a few days before Christmas in 2016, I get a call cause, uh, you sign off on these forms. It's like, Hey, you know, if the donor would like to communicate with you, if their family would like to communicate you, you can consent to it and it has to go the other way around so that way you can contact each other. Um, but I thought I was going to hear from them, but I ended up hearing back from the registry and they let me know that my recipient didn't make it. And that was not the call that I was expecting to get before Christmas. And it was just a crushing, crushing blow and um, really made me question a lot of things in life. But ultimately, after a lot of reflecting, it was just a major, major reinforcement of perspective in the fact that life really is a precious gift and you can't take it for granted. So you got to make the most of it. And it was a pretty major surgery, um, going through my hips and I couldn't hinge for about a month. So if I was getting out of bed, I was having to kind of inchworm and work my way out of bed like a plank. Um, I couldn't hinge at my hips for nearly a month. And so 
right around that time was when I was trying to get into powerlifting and I had I qualified for nationals and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's things more important in life than doing a powerlifting meet. Um, but this person didn't have another chance to do anything else. And here I am. And now there's this opportunity to impact so many more lives. And it was just kind of weird trying to put all the pieces together. And I'm like, man, I'm healthy. I've got another day on this earth and I'm in a position now where I can reach and impact so many people. So I should be the best example that I possibly can be. And I'm going to continue to show people what you can do and what you can accomplish in terms of taking control of your own health and your own body. And powerlifting was just an expression of that. And on the technical aspect, not really being able to move and having to move back to much, much, much lighter weights, it gave me an opportunity to just work on some very, very basic little things in, in form and just tweaking form that you wouldn't necessarily do if you're deep into it and used to moving heavy weights around all the time. Because once you get to a point, you're not going to want to go backwards in what you lift. But sometimes um, there could be something like a major surgery that comes up and really forces you to take so much of the weight off and it gives you an opportunity to um, focus on improving your your form but really in the grand scheme of things it lets you know what's important and what matters and getting rid of the excuses that are holding you back from living the kind of life that you want to live are paramount because you're not guaranteed another day on this earth and that's just the fact of the matter and um really it's almost it's almost tough for me to continue this this episode thinking about such heavy subject matter but I know that there's a lot of things that I've personally been through that might speak to you and might help you out in one way or another and a lot of it and obviously this this podcast is focused on health and fitness foremost but we're going to touch on things like psychology and philosophy down the road because that's that's part of it too i mean it's mind body spirit all three of them like you gotta you gotta have all three of them really linked up um to to get the most out of your life so the last thing that i want to touch on is that and this is kind of going back into technical it's, it's always so weird when you go from something that's just profoundly um emotionally impactful to to technical things so bear with me on that um, but an injury can often expose underlying problems that you weren't, that weren't properly addressed in the first place. And then addressing them can help you perform better than your previous best after you heal and you fix the root issue. 2019 was a pretty rough year for me injury wise. Um, I tore my right hamstring in February and my left pec in August. Um, the right hamstring injury was rugby related so it was near the end of a game. It was our last match of the season. And the other team had punted the ball. And I'm sprinting down the field, chasing after it. And then just pop. <laughs> there it went. I was like, oh, nuts. <laughs> so I ended up sliding, uh, just sliding through the grass. I was like, yeah, that was that was definitely my hamstring. And um, fortunately, it was, it was just a grade one. And um, hamstring tears go grade one, grade two, grade three, grade one being the most minor. Um, so no surgery was required, 
but I learned that I had a really weak gluten medius, which contributed to that hamstring popping. So a lot of work was done on strengthening the glute medius. I mean, those are things like proper form, uh, single leg RDLs, um, and a lot of other hamstring strengthening exercises and glute media strengthening exercises. And I've actually gotten to the point now where I'm lifting with no equipment whatsoever. I mean, no belt, no wraps, no knee sleeves, just me, me under the bar, squatting and deadlifting more than I was doing when I was a power lifter full time. So that's pretty neat. Um, and then understanding that process was very empowering for me because when I tore my pec uh, in August, it was the same thing. Got a little bit lucky. It was a grade one. I was doing bench press and I was about to do one of those AMRAP sets, so as many reps as possible. Um, and it, it was 315. So the last time I did an AMRAP was 310. And 315 is a fun number because that's when you get three plates. And I was even going to record it because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this one for the gram, <laughs> you know, see if I can get 12, 13 reps or something crazy like that. Cause I'm, uh, blessed with kind of freaky upper body strength compared to everything else. Um, but anyway, on my second warm up set, I'm going down on my second rep and it, it felt like a packing peanut under the skin, kind of just popping and ripping. I was like, Oh crap, not again. And so I pressed it off my chest and racked it. And sure enough, like the, the bruising started, I was like, Oh dang it. But anyway, that was um, torn pec that happened in August. But uh, I, I remembered that, you know what, it's a process. There's probably something underlying. And when I got PT done, I learned that my lower and middle traps were really weak. And if your lower and middle traps are really weak, there's things that you can do to strengthen them. But they also help keep everything stable and in place when you're going through that horizontal pressing motion, like in a bench press. And so if they weren't properly activated or they were overly fatigued and then I had this heavy load on there, it was setting things up for a problem. And I also had super tight uh, brachial plexus, uh, which was causing a lot of pain in my elbows. And so for a while, I thought that all the elbow pain was actually soft tissue damage, but it turns out that was nerve, a slight nerve impingement. And the same thing happened in my leg because I was having a lot of sciatic nerve pain in my leg. And it turns out that um, what what I thought was tissue was nerve. And we started doing these different uh, PT exercises to help mobilize the nerve and get things moving properly and both feel a lot better. And so now I'm cleared to do full out upper body training again. And I'm starting to see um, strength come back, but it's coming back in such a way where it's going to be a lot more stable and it's going to be something that carries through. And so hopefully these three examples of different injuries and setbacks that have happened in my own life, you might see something that you're going through yourself in there and start to understand how you can apply some of these principles to it. Um, so whether it's exposing an underlying problem, giving you a chance to work on something that you would otherwise neglect, or just giving you a much better perspective to look at things and understand that it is about the long journey. The short term is meaningless. Day to day, not much is going to change, but year to year, if you're consistently showing up and putting in that time plus consistency plus effort formula, you can really move mountains and take total control over your own, your own life and your own body. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed listening to it and that you got some value from it. And if you liked it, be sure to leave us a review that helps us reach more people with these messages. Uh, be sure to follow and subscribe so you keep getting more stuff. Um, we're actually going to have a guest on for our next episode. 
uh, Dr. Jessica and Jessica is the person who helped me out with my PT and she's just a well of knowledge and you're going to get so much great information from her. We're going to be talking about all kinds of fun stuff like, you know, is cupping legit? What about uh, scraping and all these other different PT techniques? So if you have any inclination into like learning about PT and rehab, you're not going to want to miss that one. So definitely go ahead and subscribe and we will be talking to you soon.